0: Welcome to Make Life Click. Together we're exploring an exciting new approach to social media based on real life, not best life. Established upon a foundation of trust and accountability, our vision is to become a social centre point. A cooperative connecting a network of people and partners who are committed to having a positive impact on people's well-being, both online and offline. Welcome back to the MLC, the Make Life Click podcast, where we love having conversations about real life over best life. We're in season two now of the podcast, and we're having conversations with people about the things that make life worth living, in amongst all the challenges and negativity that can seem to surround us. Make Life Click is a, a new community based on seven values, which are trust, humility, honesty, kindness, appreciation, courage, and curiosity. And you can find out more about us by going to www.makelife.click. And I'm absolutely delighted today to be joined by Stephen Walsh. Whilst it's a bit longer than some of the other podcasts, it's well worth making time for. As Stephen shares some real life wisdom with us. Here we go. Hi, Stephen. Hey, Tim. How are you? I'm really, really well, thank you. Thank you for joining me today. I know this week's going to be a very busy week for you, um, and I'll leave you to explain why. But I just, I just really want to impress just how privileged I feel to be speaking to Stephen. So, Stephen, handing over to you to introduce yourself.
1: Well, it's an absolute p- pleasure to to join you on the podcast, uh, Tim's, and thank you very much for for, for inviting me. Um, yeah, to give listeners some context about why. Uh, this week, I'm uh, uh, a little bit up the walls. Um, so I've been um, writing for a little while now, and I'm sure we'll dig into the kind of journey towards that in the podcast. But my my debut uh, book, which is a short story collection called Shine Variants, uh, is published tomorrow, which is uh, July the 1st, 2021, um, published by Penguin. So I'm delighted uh, to to get it out there in all, in all good bookshops for those who, who are interested. And uh, yes, yeah, so they're just busy doing... Uh, doing all the the needful stuff to, to get the word out there and 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 share with people but I'm delighted to do it and, and delighted to uh, to make this make this part of the uh, conversation because I think it uh, what I what I talk about in the book and what I um, um, I'd like to you know share about myself I think ties into some of the things that hopefully are, are of interest to your to your listeners and your community thank you
0: today you're, you're joining us from Dublin
1: that's right yeah yeah so I'm a, a native of Dublin it uh, was um, long time out of the country I left for America when I was oh 21 22 so I spent um, several years there and then another um 10 12 years in in London and Brighton where we were we met Tim and, and worked together and then uh, a few years ago finally uh, found my way back to Dublin so yeah I'm here uh, here in Dublin with my uh, my wife and three kids and and our dog um, <laughs> and uh, um, yeah working from home uh, like everybody else on earth at the moment.
0: Going just a a little bit further on yeah. on that, the past fifteen months has obviously been um, very different for all of us. How's mm. how have things been for you? What have you been up to?
1: Well, the last fifteen months, um, yeah, I mean, it's the world turned upside down for us all. Uh, I mean, a, a couple of stark changes, you know, uh, that we've noticed is. Uh, our kids are around a lot more than they used to be. You know, they should all be out at school, but all that's been homeschooling. Um, I haven't been commuting. It was pretty normal for me to be off to London or, or elsewhere, you know, once a week or once every couple of weeks. That's all stopped. Same for my wife. You know, she's got a a, a job that requires a lot of travel. That's all gone. So we're all present a, a lot more. And, you know, while, of course, this whole pandemic has had an incredible amount of hardship for for so many people. One of the things that I've taken from it is just the joy of having that presence of having um, everybody around each other a lot more. It's not without its uh, tensions, as I'm sure people can identify with. Mm-hmm. But um, you don't get that many chances, I think, especially with younger children. Although you know, two of them are teenagers now. To have them in the house that much, um, and it's starting to change now. They're they're starting to get back out again, which is which is great for them. But I've, I've really enjoyed it. I mean. From from a my own personal experience, it's as a as a writer, it's 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 kind of the it's the environment that gives you absolutely no excuses because there's nowhere else you can go, you know, except in, into yourself, as as it were. So I've been I've been writing every day, um, trying to get up early and get it done. It's still doing day job as well, but. Um, it's allowed me to you know, finish this short story collection that's out um, this week and allowed me to finish the first draft of a novel as well, which is out um, at some point next year. So um, um, I, I, I wonder, would I, would I have been able to dedicate the time and space to that if I'd been zipping around the place on on planes and trains? Um, maybe not. So, I mean, that's, that's the, the timing and, and the um, experience of being at home has has helped i mean as i said you know there's lots of downsides to it as well and i can't wait to get back out there in the world and see people for, you know physically for real that we've been looking at through screen for the last for the last 15 months but uh, yeah that's that's kind of that's, that's that's how it's how it's been for me at least
0: so imagine being a writer much like if you're a musician you have to let the creativity happen mm. how do you when you're in a lockdown situation obviously um You have your kids, you want to spend time with them. Kids could be quite unpredictable in terms of what they um, want to talk to you about, demands that they may make throughout the day. How do you get that balance right?
1: Yeah, well, Tim, I think you'll you'll identify with this. My my primary role to the kids over the last several months seems to have been first line um, tech support. Um, So... (laughs) without an elaborate kind of ticketing system, it's, yeah, it's been tricky because, you know, they, they need what they need. You know, that's not just technology, of course, they're, they're better at, at uh, working the various Zoom and Teams apps than I am. Um, but, yeah, they need other things and they need emotional support. This has been a really trying time for them. I think being a teenager um, over the last 15 months, you know, we, we think of them as resilient and having grit and all that, but it's it's been very hard for them, you know, not seeing their friends. So, yeah, there's been a lot of time going to that. Um, I've got work to do and still, you know, still work in in the digital learning space, and that's been busy um, and tumultuous over the last 15 months as well. To answer your question, I yeah, I think you have to go where the energy goes, particularly if you're doing anything creative, including including writing or being or being a musician, as you said. But I also am a big believer in sitting down and trying to to I'm gonna use a phrase that somebody else uses you can you can wait for inspiration to come or you can go towards inspiration. So I, I do believe in this maybe terribly old-fashioned is show up every morning, open the document and, and go and trust yourself that something will come. And it may be, you know, there'll be days where I might write 2,000, 3,000 words. And no, these are not, you know, these may never go anywhere, but some of them might and some of them might be a springboard to something else. So... I'm a big believer in um, habit around that. I mean, and sometimes yes, it's the middle of the night, something strikes, and you just have to go with it. And there's many nights where I'll stay up till two, three in the morning because I feel like something's coming, and I, mm. I want st- to sit with it and, and let it let it um, let it come out. But it, also, you know, I think it, it, I think it is an everyday habit, and it's you know, it's it's, it's building up that um, trust in yourself that something will come if you if you push into yourself hard enough to 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 bring it out there
0: yeah yeah within make life click we talk about connection um a lot and i know that within your writing and i'd like to delve um just a little bit deeper um into uh, a recent piece that you wrote for the irish times but before we do that just thinking around this area of connection and what you've just said then around walking towards moving towards inspiration what does connection mean to you in 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 that sense or what does it what does it feel like as a writer when you when you get that sense of i'm on to something here
1: so that word connection i think is is um it's so central to how i think about not, not just writing but living being 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 a functioning person um i think and i won't be the first to say this a lot of the time we are um playing certain roles in, in our lives and whether those are our roles of, um, you know, professional status or, you know, workers or, or, or managers or employees or fathers or, or mothers or sons or daughters or, or, you know, whatever they might be. Those are not all of us and those are titles and those are p- big parts of our lives, but there is something more core and fundamental to us all. I do believe that. And I think, um, a struggle I am mean, just speaking for myself a struggle that I've had throughout my whole life is how much of that core self am I fully connected with and how much you know how close to the surface is it at any time and or how far down in the in the well for want of, for want of a, a better analogy it, it, it is is that kind of inner inner core person and, and I think that oscillates thr- throughout the day and, and and throughout life so I think you know, if you want to have a connection with with somebody else I think you I think it's about in in both of you just thinking about a connection between two people how much of how much of the core of you is at the surface and and part of that connection mm-hmm. and as a writer you know I write a lot of dialogue um and I, I think dialogue in 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 stories or, or movies or whatever I think what's really interesting about it is people very rarely um, speak directly from the the core or the heart to somebody else and say, this is exactly how I feel. Is this how you feel as well? We all you kind of codify what we're saying in, in, in slightly different ways, whether it's, you know, trying to say something that doesn't upset somebody else or trying to put, you know, put your game face on or flat out, you know, deceive or any of the strategies that that we use as humans to, to almost protect our core from being on display, because the risk is if someone... You know, looks into the very well of you and says, mm, "I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure. I like what I see." That that could be, you know, a, a, a very difficult experience for someone. So, a lot of the stories that I write about are about, you know, that that reach towards connection um, mm. and people kind of fumbling towards a realization um, in themselves and you know, saying what they really want to say to other people, but you have to say that to yourself first. You know, as it has to come. That dialogue has to be internal before it can be external. Um, Yeah. That's that's what I believe. So I think this is a long way to answer your question, but for me, writing, the experience of writing is having that conversation with myself first, you know. It might sound egotistical, but you have to draw in. You have to feel the feeling first, you know. It's a well-overused quote that Robert Frost said it, I think, really well, As no feeling in the writer, no tears in the writer, then, no feeling in the reader, no tears in the reader. And I'm not that's not I'm not always going for for tears, but uh, you know <laughs> as an analogy for emotion. So I have to feel it first before I could expect anybody else to feel it. and and that's when I know it's working is if I'm feeling it, then I know yep. that there's something there, you know, and that's that's what that's always what I'm trying to get to. is that that feeling
0: does does authenticity come in, into that as well? I'm, I know that the answer will be yes, but I think authenticity from the angle of, getting to an emotion and feeling an emotion out of um curiosity towards the way someone different might be feeling versus authenticity in terms of actually get um um, understanding how you yourself genuinely feel that makes sense
1: yeah it does make sense I, i think um so authenticity is a really interesting word to examine so um when i'm reading a story or when i'm writing a story you know it I'm not so worried about the authenticity of place and setting. You know, I think you can set a story, you know, in in an airplane, which I've which I've done, or in a pub, which I've done. But you can also set it in ancient Greece or on a spaceship if if you want. I don't mind. But what I, I think you can't do is you can't fake a feeling if, if if you've not touched that feeling yourself. And it might not be that that feeling has is in you, but but someone that you know or that or, or you love or that you care about, you've you've experienced a feeling a feeling with them so i think those things are are universal and and eternal you know the 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 emotions and the feelings that, that we all have i think as, as long as i'm tapping into those and i feel like i'm i'm for want of a better word i'm honoring them you know that i'm 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 expressing them without um, dressing it up too much I mean there's still technical work to be done of course in any piece of writing you know it's for me it's a two-step thing is get the feeling down get into the core of what 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 it, it what it is what what the what the characters are really trying to express to themselves or to each other and then you know you tell the story to yourself and then you then you do the the work of putting a shape on it and getting the structure of it right and, and not you know dragging it out too much which I'm probably doing in this answer. but um but yeah it, it has to feel authentic for me that's 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 um you yeah, know that's that old adage of you know fiction is, is 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 more real than life because it is that distilled experience that we're we're all trying to aim for I think
0: I'm just so excited to be having this conversation I, I love and I'm fascinated by Th- this area um there's a quote i think a very well-known quote i think it's by Stephen covey which is we judge ourselves by our intentions others by their behaviors or others by their actions mm. and 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 that to me has the same kind of influence as yeah. as as what you've just been talking to it's, it's that whole thing of we often judge in others things that we either consciously or unconsciously actually realize about ourselves yeah. and that actually real change real connection real empathy happens when we're brutally honest with ourselves first and that can be a very and i i I speak from experience that can be a very painful process to go through and it's a lifelong process yeah um but it's it's often in order for that to happen there's both a stepping back and a stepping forward so a stepping back and this is something i'd i'd love to talk to you about next A, a stepping back in terms of identity allowing yourself to be um, rid of the things that have maybe defined you up until this the point that you're at in life be that um, job labels uh, money that you've earned mm-hmm. um, things that have maybe happened in, in your life that you feel have, uh, shaped you, at least in terms of other people's views towards you, internal dialogue, things that y- you might be struggling with, or places that you might not be wanting to go within your, your, yourself. So mm-hmm. a stepping back in terms of that sense of just saying, okay, I'm just gonna let everything fall to the ground, but then a stepping forward in terms of being brave and saying, I'm, I'm not going to stay, stay here. I actually want to explore something new within that state of I was gonna say you use the word being exposed. I don't necessarily mean it like that. I mean that in a healthy way. As a writer and going through the processes that you've already been going through, Stephen, to write your book of um short stories, but also the novel that's to follow. Could you just talk a little bit around yeah. that? How that's been for you.
1: Yeah, and, and to echo what you said um um a moment ago, I I love talking about this stuff too. Um uh, for a long time, I was not very good at, at talking about this kind of thing because, probably, like a lot of people, I um, I, I I hid from myself, and I became quite good at doing that. So, um, I me mean, in terms of my um, experience, going kind of my journey to to, to this point, um, I um, I I always wanted to be a writer. I think as a child, I. I I told my mother when I was nine, I wanted to be a writer. And she said, well, go on, so go go and write something down. And I was like, "Mm, okay, I don't know anything. Um, But I started keeping diaries. Um, And I think that's probably, without being self-aggrandizing, that's probably kind of a first signal to my kind of forming self that uh, I, I like to kind of delve into my feelings and my reflections on the world. And even though back then it was very, um, you know, just basic transcripts of very ordinary, non-earth-shattering events, I kept up that habit, and I have kept up that habit my entire life. So I have nearly, gosh, forty years of scribbles and transcripts and various notebooks and you know hard drives, etc. Um, and it, it, what that's <clears throat> shown to me um, is, yeah there's an awful lot of depth of feeling in those pages, but I I've, I've, but I keep a lot of it in because in, in all of that personal reflection on who am I and uh, am I doing the right things with my life and so on that, that all, that all, that interior monologues, if if you want to you know, use a, a writing term, those notes to self at the same time I was working, you know, I was working and moved, as I mentioned to America when I was 21. Um, I you know, fell into a career in e-learning, but I got kind of, you know, good at it and it was just right time, right place. And I had, you know, the right kind of skills for it. Uh, and I went along a career path. So, you know, working there, coming to London um, and Brighton and starting businesses there and growing them and all that stuff. So it kind of it, on on paper, it, you know, I was, you know, in a, in a kind of a sales consulting entrepreneurial Role and that's when when we met as as, as you know and I was playing playing a certain part, um, and all going and it was all going really well and I have a, you know really happy life and, and all that but underneath all of that there was still that um that little boy if you if you, if you like who was not quite doing what he said he would do to himself and I think that's you know you, you talking about identity and authenticity and feeling. I I don't think I'm alone because I've talked to lots of people about this about you know the 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 dissonance between how you conduct yourself in public and I don't mean to make it all about work because it's not it's not just about your career it's about you know the the public self that you that we present or or, or that we cultivate or is cultivated for us by our you know response to what other people like in us and seeing us you know I'm a I'm a Fierce people pleaser, so you know that's no wonder I spent a long time in sales. People say they like something I'm doing, I'll do, I'll do more of it. So I, I just kept doing it. The realization for me, I don't know, I'm trying to cram a life story into kind of a neat little arc, but forgive me, that's what writers sometimes do. But it, it became untenable. It just became untenable onto myself, and and it was after having you know worked for many years, had been successful, and I just asked myself, is is this it? Is this the lane in which I now stay? And I just keep on doing what I'm doing. And that's it. Because all through those diaries, if I look back into them over and over again, I'm trying to write. I'm trying, I'm in, I'm not just kind of blithely transcribing the events of the day. I'm trying to, you know, put a shape on them. I'm trying to turn them into bits of bits of writing. And I'm immensely frustrated with myself that I'm doing this, but I'm not doing anything with it. You know, and that's yeah, you know, and that's fine if you want to write notes to yourself and just record your own life and reflect on it. I'm a big believer in that as a practice. Anyway, if you've no intention to, 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 to publish it or show it to anybody else, it's an, inter- it's a really valuable activity, but I was, because I'm ambitious and I know I am and I wanted to do more with it. So I was kind of trapped between this fury at myself for inactivity, but fear of what might happen if I actually it went into that person what would what would people think of me would they just go are you mad you know you have a day job and a good one why you know why would you take this bizarre left turn and go and go into this thing so I kind of have teetered on that precipice I I teetered on it for for years Tim absolutely years And, and maybe I'd go off and I'd do a little you know, a blog post or something and put it out there or write something and maybe show it to one other person. They'd say, that's good. You should do more of that. And then I go, well, yeah, maybe I'm just too busy or I'm too old. And no one's, no one's really asking for this, which cause no one ever will. No one will ever knock on your door and say, Hey, there's a, there's a terrible shortage of writers in the world. Would you please do something? (laughs) You've got, you've got to push yourself. And I just got to the point where I had to do it. and, And I, I, I don't, I don't mind sharing it with, with you. I wrote to myself in my diary: "This is a crisis. This is a crisis. If if I don't do something about it, I'm going to live in regret forever." And that was, mm-hmm. you know, that was the kind of, I suppose, the, the stripping back of all the. Um, and I'm not going to call it inauthentic. You know, I, I, all the other parts of my life, being you know good at working, and there was no family issues there's no it's not a, it wasn't a midlife crisis or anything like that that was all fine There was just this core part of me that wasn't just I was not talking to and, and I needed to talk to it and that's kind of where I got to you know a few years ago and that's when I said okay I'm now going to change and mm-hmm. I'm going to make writing the thing that I give more energy to than I give to the other things and that's, yeah. that's kind of how I I, I restarted I suppose
0: with make life click one of the phrases that we use is real life over best life yeah and i'm i'm almost certain that stephen that a few years ago there would have been people looking in on on your life thinking hey stephen's living his best life he's 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 got a good job um he is obviously progressing in a worldly sense um stephen's a talented guy and i know me me personally i've always Seen you as a real wordsmith i have a a personal love for words but also you seem to be very fluent in the way that you write you can just sit and write you might not feel like that but to me or to to i'm sure to other people too they just love to be able to write like stephen can and i'm sure there are other people listening to this stephen who are really connecting with what you're saying have that sense of probably longing within them um and a sense maybe even a sense of fear of okay the last 15 months when we've all been stuck in indoors has has brought something to the fore within me and i'm scared about the future of just returning to Mm. what has always been in the past um i'm really i really love to understand how it felt for you so obviously when we talk about writing we're talking about words but through the power of word enables us to conjure up imagery within our own um, imaginations. Yeah. Um, I I personally, I'm quite a visual person. So I often think in pictures rather than words. And uh, uh, probably to, to give a very overused example, you might watch a film and you get that person who's in that state of um, reflection. They're maybe on a commute and they've had a long day. They're staring out the window. They yeah. let their eyes wander and you get that blur of life passing you by and you start getting those emotions that come to the fore around. Is this it? Yeah. Who am I? I don't know. Whatever whatever comes up within you. When you were in the midst of that situation, how did it manifest itself in terms of feeling and experience?
1: It's interesting that you talk about um, imagery and particularly being in tr- in motion, there. I was to, I'll say something about that. So, for for I was mentioning earlier, kind of pre um, pandemic and lockdown, I travelled a lot for work. And even when I was in um, lived in London for twelve, 12 um, years, I go down to Brighton, as you know. Um, and you know that's three hours on a train every day, and I, I I flew at least once a week, sometimes sometimes twice a week. So I sp- I've spent an awful lot of time, like you know, millions of people do, in in transit, um, and I think there is something about being in that state. And whether it's it's also maybe those places air- airports, trains, planes—you know, a fancy person would call them liminal spaces. They're kind of just like non-places, you know, places where no one really wants to be, and they're not they're not their purpose is just to get you to another place. That's an interesting state to put the mind and the body in because I I find I do get quite reflective in those places because you are in motion, but sometimes it feels like it's it's kind of counterfeit progress. You're not really not really going towards yourself in any way. You're going to you know do a job or have a meeting and then come back home again, and it's just those hours that can make you feel like you're busy and productive, but really you're not really moving if you know, if you know what I mean. Um, and I've I wrote a lot in those, in those circumstances. In fact, there's a story in the book, um, for, for anyone who's who can identify with the red eye commute that is entirely based on a plane. Um, but most of the story is just being stuck on a runway. Um, and three people kind of having their own interior and then exterior conversations about being stuck. And it's, it's probably the story in the book that's that's you know closest to my direct life experience although weird things happen on that plane that didn't happen to me but it's it is it is that sense of um um you know if you are going to move if you're going to move somewhere move towards yourself i i quote um because i'm irish and highfalutin and it's the national pastime i quote i quote james joyce at the start of the of of the book in the, in the beginning, there's a line in Ulysses. And I know that's a book that some people find it really hard to identify with, but there are some great moments of reflection in it. And he says, um, think you're escaping and run into yourself. Longest way round is the shortest way home. And and Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. we can all do things and make noise. And, you know, as he kindly said, you know, if you looked at me from the outside a few years ago, you might go, well, you got nothing to complain about. Everything seems to be going all right for you professionally and per- personally, and all that and all that stuff. But we, you know, back to your very first um, word connection. You know, we, we we don't really know what journey anybody else is on until we're being totally honest with each other, and that is hard to do. That is hard to do. I think um, most people, and I absolutely include myself in this, are a little afraid of putting themselves bare on the table. I'm afraid this week, um, Tim, I'm nervous about the book coming out um, because it's, you know, it's their fiction and their stories. It's me, you know, it's it's my feelings and, you know, my, my words are on the page and, you know, what will people think? What's changed though is five, six, seven years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago when I was talking about this stuff, that fear was enough to to, um, petrify me as in literally take no action, you know, be, be just, just um, um, afraid to even try it. I'm still scared, but I'm not petrified. I'm not Mm -hmm. petrified. I'm at the point in my life where I say it is what it is. I have to do this. I want to do this and I want other people to know it and do it um, as well. And you made a really important point, which I wanted to come back on and thank people for. You know, when I started um, talking about being a writer in the contexts where people only know me as a professional person or whatever term you want to use for that. So places like LinkedIn, your um, work colleagues, people who only know me a certain way. When I started to saying, I want to let you know I've done this or I'm doing this and this is, this is me or it's as much of me as, as the other me that, you know, um, I had so many unbelievably positive, kind, encouraging responses and support. Not a single person came back and said, who do you think you are? You know, or, or, or a variant on that. And maybe I'm just fortunate in the, in the people in my, in my life that, that, that I don't, I don't have people like that, or if they, if they do, they kept to themselves. But, um, and I also got in, in response to what you said, so many people saying, "I would love to do this too." I would love to do this. not necessarily exactly this, but this thing of leaning into some part of yourself that's hitherto, you know, un, un, unexamined or, or, or below the surface. And you know, I think just I would just say, go for it. And I know that's a very blithe, trite thing, and maybe it's easier for me than it is for other people. And I'm a little bit older, and maybe that helps as well. But I also think you the uh, the belief of youth just 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 do this anytime you, you you want to as well
0: yeah I read um I think it was actually on LinkedIn something n- not a lot sticks with me that I I read on social media to be honest <laughs> but on one thing that really did stick with me was somebody wrote you know that thing that you're afraid to talk about that's exactly what you should be talking about yeah. and I think we all that will um, stir a different reaction in all of us but I think there's not one person who hasn't got something that creates that sense that you experience within them. And within it may cause a feeling of actually, no, I'm in a stage of my life now where I really feel I should be talking about that thing or doing that thing. Whereas for others it'll be absolutely uh, I don't even want to think about it. I mentioned earlier, Stephen, the fact that I for one have always seen you as being a real wordsmith. Um I I'd like to talk just Um, for a short while about your recent article in the Irish Times uh, that you wrote for Father's Day called Dropping Ease and Dealing Custard, What Fathers Do to Sons. And I said, do go and have a look at that. I won't explain, I won't spoil um, uh, what Stephen says in terms of explaining the title, but it's a really, really good read. Um, And I'm I'm in, in a moment, just gonna pick out a few parts of that. But before I do, just to give some context as to why I'm gonna ask the questions that I am. Emotions can be very complicated and or they can feel very complicated and that can really be heightened um, when you think about putting those emotions into words. And you talked earlier about, again, walking towards inspiration, sitting down, opening up a document, a notebook, whatever, and just writing. Could you just talk about the kind of interplay between just letting your thoughts come out versus crafting your words to a point where it feels like yes that's exactly how i feel or that's the experience that i'm having or i've had
1: well uh, thank you very much for um drawing attention to that uh the the piece in the irish times tim i'm glad you um i'm glad you enjoyed it and glad uh, Mm -hmm. you had a connection with it and um lots of people have been very very kind about about that piece um in answer to your question, Tim, sorry, you, can you just, just phrase it from Yeah,
0: back? it's even hard to put the question into words. How do you manage the tension between just writing and letting the words come out versus crafting your words to a point where you feel like, yes, uh, that's that's exactly what I want to say, or that's how I feel. That's 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 telling me back exactly how I feel.
1: So uh, I I think in, a, in answer to your question, but how, how do how do you go from kind of that that what I would call rawness into something that's actually kind of ready, you know, fit for, fit for someone else to actually look at. Um, I mean, I'm first of all, I'll say I am still really early in this. This is, and this is one of the, um, the brilliant things about making a change like this is, you know, I'm still, I still feel like I'm the new kid in the class here for, for, for writers. I'm I'm coming out my first debut, um, this week. I haven't been, at it in terms of kind of writing in public for that long it's only two years since i kind of first submit submitted stories for for competitions and publications so yeah, you know, I, I i will not profess any level of mastery around this i'm still learning the, the one thing i'd say is i think all all writers are, are are still learning you know talk talk to and read of so many other writers who say you know there's no guarantee everybody starts with the same blank page and the same fear whether you've written one book or a hundred books you know it's not there's nothing automatic about it um but what, what I would say about that um that 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 process is for for me that is about um i I would view it as night nice and morning, you know it's I often find if i'm if I'm trying to get a first draft of something done where I'm just trying to get emotions down and get get something raw onto the page, I'm trying to work fast and trying not to in not to let the critical self speak and say, "What's this? this is rubbish, you know they, this is going nowhere. you just you to kind of suppress that part of yourself and just um push yourself onto the page so i'm often in a technical sense i'm not using much punctuation i'm not stopping i'm i'm just i'm just going it's almost like it's like you're trying to get a fire lit you know what i mean you're, you're just you're kind of poking at it and, and breathing on it and and, and um try, trying to trying to get it to have its own momentum in in, in in a first draft so i would often do that and i will i would lean physically lean forward i typed because i, I can't uh, handwriting for me, it's just too slow and as some writers write by hand it wouldn't work for me um so i just try and push a first draft something down and i don't stop until i feel like i've i've reached a point of um progress where i've gone from one place to another place yeah. and then i will usually then step away from that and yeah I, you know write at night edit in the morning or it's Hemingway said, and I, I don't think he literally meant it like this. Write drunk, edit sober. Let's take alcohol out of that equation. <laughs> this is probably a separate conversation, but drunken feeling, I suppose, is that you're you're uninhibited in terms of what you are putting down, and you are not trying to shape it or or prevent yourself in the flow of it. Uh, I know that yeah. word flow is often used. I think it's a good it's a good one. Um, some people call it you know automatic writing. I don't I, I don't think there's anything mystic about it. I think it's just let yourself go, you know, bring your full self, let that self go, and then come back to it in the slightly cooler temperature of of the next day, usually for me, or it might even be a few days later and say, okay, what is this? You know, is this, is this a thing? Does this part work? And then you get into the more screwdriver side of things of rephrasing, polishing, yeah. there's always going to be more there than there should be there and editing and tightening tightening it all up and I love that I love both of those parts equally because to me they're you know you're you know I know, I know you're into music and you're musician it's it's like it's the composition you know that first burst of creativity and you feel like something's here I don't know what it is um but I'm just gonna keep going and then the edit and the tightening to make it you know a story that you've told to yourself, but is now fit to be told to, uh, to others as well. So yeah. yeah and it's, I, I love both parts of this process, different skills. Okay. Okay.
0: Okay. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I guess different, different of those come um, more, more naturally to some than others and and take mm-hmm. time. I know me personally, in, the, in terms of the creative process, I try to, I become far too critical, far too early. Um, so just going, getting into the flow is something that I really trying to, um, trying to learn and make yeah. time, time for, um, just coming back to the article in the Irish times, this is obviously a finished piece. Mm. And one of the things that I love about it, Stephen, is that you've been, you've given the reader real insight into your appreciation for your family history mm. and how, what goes before us, um, inevitably to an extent shapes who we become, who we are. Yeah. And that I I really get from it a critical, aspect of where you are as a person now has come through a reflection upon and appreci- and an appreciation of what's gone before you particularly in terms of this article um in terms of your grandfather Stephen and your father charles and mm-hmm. um, so i just wondered if i could and i wish we had a lot longer for this conversation because there's so much within that article i'd love to explore further with you but just um taking this thing around crafting words and and, and 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 getting your writing to a point where you feel yes that's it that's what I want to convey. So I wonder if I could pull a couple of bits out. <laughs> um, so you you talk quite early on about your grandfather Stephen's shop, which is um, sounds amazing. It's a grocery and a bar. That sounds amazing. <laughs> and that your um, father Charles made a very um, definite decision not to take on the family business, but to go his own way as a businessman. Yeah. And you write that um, his answer changed his life and gave me mine. What do you mean by gave you yours?
1: So um, when my dad decided he was not going to be part of the family um, business um, in 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 the in the shop in, in Westport and went his own way, in that in that sentence, I think I mean it in in two ways. One, I, I mean it literally as, if he hadn't left that town, which is a brilliant town and there's many reasons never never to leave it, if he hadn't decided to go to Dublin, go to uh, college, get a job, he probably, just in the way that blind, weird fate works, he would never have met my mother, um, which I touched on later in, in the article as well, a mm-hmm. bizarre chance encounter. I mean, maybe he would have, who knows, but... I mean, literally, in a kind of a, a existential sense, I wouldn't have existed. So, I mean, I'm ruminating a little bit in this article about kind of just the bizarre connections and and um, ways in which people find each other. Um, so there's that, but also, I mean, in the sense that he became a businessman, um, and he always had this drive an ambition about him to push himself forward in a business sense, you know, and to, to climb the ladder, um, go for the next job, you know, beat the compete, uh, beat the competition and, and and push yourself forward. That gave me my life as well, because mm-hmm. I, I have always had a, 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 it comes and goes from this, from the, from, from me and has done through, through my, through my life, and my career, but, that certain kind of drive to push on and to work hard and to never take anything for granted and be, yeah, I'm not ashamed to say, ambitious. You know about about um, achieve, achieving things. So he gave me that life as well, which you know. And even though we've talked on, on this podcast about changing direction and so on, I'm not, um, I'm not ashamed of any of that stuff and that drive. If anything. That, that to me is a is a is a raw material that I should be able to direct into anything you know? and I, and I'm as driven not more driven about this new career in terms of writing and and achieving potential within that as I ever was in in anything I've done before so that drive is absolutely still still in me. I'm just directing it towards other things that's that's the thing that he that he gave me
0: yeah, yeah, I think that's that's a really profound point to be making the fact that. I know that I can and I'm sure people listening can relate to this it's it's very easy to look back in your life and th- and think of reasons for why you you do the things that you're 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 proud of the stuff that you want to be doing but reasons for why you perhaps f- feel some of the negativity within you that you do or yeah. reasons why you uh, feel ashamed or you know the the, the the kind of stuff that we really don't enjoy talking about it sounds like you've reached a point where you've accepted things that have been in your past but then you've chosen very deliberately to recognize the positives and the way that you can channel those things those emotions those ways of being expectations in a very positive way um, which i think really speaks back to a point that we made earlier around identity Recognizing where we've come from, but recognizing who we are as um, individuals too. Yeah. You paint a really beautiful scene at um, one point when you talk about as a boy helping out in your grandfather's shop, but then there being this door that said lounge on it. And Mm. you'd walk through this door into the bar area and you describe it as um, you say, and a world beyond was revealed a dark wood paneled cavern where men, nearly exclusively, went to do men things drink pints stare forward and say very little and i just wanted to mention that because a, I just think it's a beautiful piece of writing but also just in terms of the imagery that it it conveys and the emotion that it conveys around guys at at that time i'm assuming many of them were, were fairly elderly guys um but they're in that that place of maybe maybe longing being in a position where they're probably reflecting on a lot of the things that you've been reflecting on as part of our conversation today who did I hope to be has my life gone the way that I hoped it was could I have done more and all that mixture of stuff that then just gets outworked in terms of going to the pub every day and having a few drinks and kind of numbing it almost was that it was was that what you're meaning to convey there
1: yes I I think you've 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 nailed you've nailed it there i think and it's this is not exclusively an irish um characteristic but certainly and this would have been kind of 70s early 80s going into a pub uh like that it it, it's a place of solace it's a place of privacy um it's not a place where you talk about your emotions you know it's not like a men's um group where where this has changed this has changed a lot actually I should I should say this. so so then it was yes, stare forward, drink wine says say very little keep keep your emotions pretty much to yourself unless you're talking about kind of horse racing or you know sports <laughs> or whatever it might be you know keep it very much on the surface. Um, but I think that's true of, of 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 the men in that pub, probably the men everywhere that there are certain things that they are not saying, you know not saying to each other, for sure, and possibly not even saying to themselves unless they're going home and you know, writing about it or expressing it or thinking it, thinking it through in, in, in some other ways. And that's kind of hard to understand, I think, when you're a child as you're looking at someone and realising, particularly adults and particularly if it's your own parents, that these are people with complicated sets of emotions and feelings and desires and frustrations that um, I think particularly the father-child relationship and just I'll just say this because it was father Day recently and that was the inspiration for the piece that's a complicated um line of inquiry in both directions because you know as a child you expect you look up to your father and you expect them to have all the answers and to you know exactly how to navigate life and to show you the way and take and take you with them and my father you know did all of those things you know correctly but he also had his own life and his own challenges and his own issues and uh, you know i never asked about them you know i wasn't the one trying to get him to open up because that's not the dynamic that i think well, not for me maybe it is for other people um so it's almost like that that father son role forces you into a position where you're kind of to a degree you're hiding from each other as well because you're the 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 the, the, the game you have to play in terms of um showing the way it puts so much on you um and I see you know, I'm a father as well. And I see this myself, even, you know, you know, a generation later, things may have changed. And we may be collectively better at having open conversations about our feelings, but there's still, there's still challenges around that. you still have to, you know, I basically repeated my father's behavior later in life. You know, as you said, he went on became a businessman, traveled a lot for work. Oh, turns out I did exactly the same. I wonder where that idea came from. <laughs> <laughs> and uh I, I am very conscious of that and a lot of my writing you know in this in this piece but also in the book there's an awful lot about parents and children particularly fathers and sons this is a dynamic that 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 fascinates me and it's it, yeah. it, go, it goes back to that line of connection
0: yeah yeah thank you stephen um uh, and i can certainly um empathize with with that as a very driven person myself i have mm-hmm. a son um mm-hmm. i have two daughters too and one of the constant tensions within me is that tension between being driven following following your dream doing what you believe you were made to do in Mm -hmm. terms of what you express to the world but also wanting to spend time and invest in your children and so often the tension is well where what's the term where your treasure is there is your heart almost it's like where you spend your time who do you give your first fruits to yeah and for me as your first fruits of your energy and for me the unless i make it intentional it often goes on to my work um quote unquote so yeah Yeah, I can really empathise with that. What about your own family, Stephen? Reflecting back on all that has has been for you, the childhood experiences that you've had, the work life that you've had, what do you hope for in in terms of your own family, I guess, particularly your children? What do you hope your influence on on them will be? I hope that
1: in some way, and at some point, they comprehend, even if they never articulate this to me, that... The possibility of choice and change in life is more available to them than they might otherwise be led to believe. Um, it sounds like a very prepared statement, but I, I was just trying to think that through. Is if, if let me reflect back? You know, I, I look, look at my dad's life and now mine, and then try to reflect that into my my life and my and my kids. My dad did what. Men do to reuse that, that phrase. He worked, worked hard. He had a corporate um, job, a very responsible one, and grew in um, stature and, and went through his career. And that's you know, it, he did the right thing for himself. That was him. That you know, that was that was him. I think to a high degree of fulfillment. Now there are other things that he wanted to do and has done, um, um, but he made the right choices for him. It would be very, very trite and completely false for me to say, oh, and then I copied my dad. So my dad made me do those things. And that's why I didn't write. And that was really important for me in that piece and in speaking to you that that's not the story. That's not the story at all. We make our own choices. I, I really do believe that. We may be very influenced by parents or people that are we look up to and who we think of as role models and, and guidance. But that is if anyone says well i did it because they made me or my my peers were doing it and or my boss you know said i should stay in this role i i think without being arrogant it's it's up to you you know it's up to you to choose that path in life no one is writing the script for you it's you know within within um your economic and family and cir- circumstances i know there are always constrictions and there are always lines we have to go down but I think there is more freedom than we think there is. And that's the point I'm trying. It's not the reason I I went into writing, of course, but if, to answer your question, if my children were to look at it and say, so he was that guy who flew around the world and did that corporate thing for a long time. And now he seems to be someone slightly different. Well, what of it? You know uh, uh, you know as I also say in that article what of it if you change directions and turn your back on the family business and do your own thing that's what you're supposed to do you know you're supposed to define yourself not necessarily at odds with the with the people who went before you but to, to on your on your own terms so that's what I would like them that's what I would like them to 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 think and believe and i I see you know my girl that um two girls and a son um like yourselves and the, the girls are you know uh you know 16 and 14 now so they're, they're they're young women they're coming into themselves and making their own choices about life and i can see that they're both kind of open to exploring different things i don't think either of them are going to go into a business career and that's fine maybe a generation ago i would have been saying to them mm, you should really think about you know tech or business because there are good jobs in them i would i just don't have that conversation with them and yes economic circumstances are different and i think a lot depends on expectations parents put on children uh, the job market there's all sorts of extraneous noise and factors around that but really ultimately i think all you want for your children is that they find their own way in life that's Mm -hmm. that's it
0: stephen if if you could talk to your younger self, make that whatever age, 18, 21, Mm. whatever. Mm. What would you, if you just had 30 seconds, what would you say to, to the younger Stephen? Wow. I mean, in some ways,
1: Tim, that's the question I've been answering my whole life in writing a diary. I am constantly addressing my younger self. I'm constantly rereading those thoughts of my younger self and speaking back to that, that younger self. Um, if I was to pull out a core thing that I would say to that, let's say that nine-year-old boy who first had a kind of a notion of wanting to be a, be a writer who, you know, kept popping up again at 19, at 29, um, I would say, I'm sorry I didn't listen to you back then but I don't think I was ready to. I think I had to do a bit of living and go through some feelings, you know, fear and um self-denial and all those things first. So I'm sorry but I'm um, that that was just life but I'm I'm glad you stayed with me. I'm glad you didn't go away, and mm. it's it's good to meet you again. I think I, I am still that little boy, you know. He's just, he's just look, look looks a bit more wizened, but he's finally finally getting his way.
0: Thank you, Stephen. Um, I think you've 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 said lots of very profound things, but that to me is is really profound. It's almost just to people listening. It's very easy to look back on the stuff in life that you're maybe not so proud of and say, i really wish that stuff hadn't happened or i'd made different decisions or i'd been stronger or whatever words you would use but actually it's that stuff that shapes us it's that stuff that gives us wisdom it's that stuff that often um gives us the ability to empathize with other people and and therefore puts us in a position of well real genuine authenticity when we write when we talk to people i'm um, scarcely one more question it's kind of an open-ended question and it's if Stephen based even more of his decisions on hope not fear he would be
1: he would be oh that's a tough one Tim um letting go of more things that are not to what i'm trying to explore now i'll be writing all the time um i'm still not doing that i'm still doing day job things that that are necessary to pay the bills because writing doesn't do that um if i was truly being leaning fully into hope I, I would be i would be making a shift in that and i hope to be able to do that at 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 some, at some point soon that's my hope is to is to get yeah. to that point um but i've come a long way i think from being you know, fear used to be the dominant characteristic in 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 my decision making it's it's not anymore
0: i just want to end by really encouraging people to go and have a look at www.stevenwalshwriter.com that's Stephen with a P-H Stephen w- and Walsh with no E you'll have to read the um, Irish <laughs> Times article to find out why so stevenwalshwriter.com there's some really great stuff on there and I can't wait to read your book and I just want to end with just one thing that I read I can't remember if it was on that site but it, a site describes your book as fresh tender and darkly funny these stories are a window into the longings, frustrations and painfully human connections of ordinary life from a remarkable new voice in fiction. So thank you once again for talking to me today, Stephen. I have really, really appreciated it.
1: It's been a pleasure, Tim. And I've learned learned a lot about myself in expressing this to you. So it's a a great opportunity to, um, to connect with you again.
0: Thanks for listening to the Make Life Click podcast. We hope it's been helpful for you. Please leave us a comment wherever you listen to podcasts. And we hope you'll join us again next time.